Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today we're talking to uh, Joe Battershill, who's the MD and CEO of Anglesey Mining, who are a UK mining listed company on the London Stock Exchange and have interests in Wales, Sweden and Canada. Uh, the main property is their Paris Mountain project in Wales, uh, which hosts a significant polymetric zinc, copper, lead, silver and gold deposit. Joe has a mining geology background, but also has worked in finance um, and has a well-rounded career. And more recently, he's worked in, non, in some non-executive uh, directorship capacities uh, for a few mining entities. And he's here today to tell us more about their um, Paris project in Wales. So, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. It's been, uh, I've been looking forward to doing this for some time. So good, good to be finally here. Yeah, and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, tell us about, um, obviously, uh, a mining project in Wales. But before we do that, um, I wonder if you can just give us a, uh, an overview of yourself, a background about yourself, so the audience knows who uh, who the guest is. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. Um, so, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Camden School of Mines graduate, graduated in, uh, in, in 95, I think it was. It feels like a long time ago now. Um, Whilst I was down in Cornwall, I, I, I spent um, all, all, all of my holidays working uh, working at South Crofty. So, developed a you know a bit of a taste for uh, for, for the underground. Um, upon graduating, worked in tunnelling for a little while, uh, Jubilee Line extension, and then, then over to Hong Kong. And uh, whilst I was in Hong Kong, one of the one of the only uh, English newspapers you could get was uh, was was the um, the Weekend Australian. We, which we used to get on a Monday, and back in the days of print job adverts, right? Probably before you were doing the uh, the recruitment side of things. Um, you know, the job section was 17, 18 pages every week of, of jobs in you know for geologists and mining engineers and metallurgists in Australia. So uh, I thought I'd better go and have a piece of that. Um, so yeah, moved to Australia, um, worked for Western Mining. Um, pretty much got a job straight away. Did uh, did best part of a decade with Western Mining. Started as a mine geologist in the nickel. Uh, and then basically went through several roles into uh, and then culminated as uh, business development manager for the nickel business unit. So um, it was great, wonderful, wonderful company and wonderful business. Um, and after that, I, I kind of my last role was was selling all the mines in Cambalda, which sort of created um, the real you know the, the current sort of um, junior nickel sector in the in the Australian market really, um, which was which was which was a great great time, great job doing that. Um, but it got me introduced to a lot of the brokers, a lot of the bankers, um, and so I moved on to the dark side, as they say, and then spent you know, the best part of 12, 12 years with, uh, firstly, with Hartleys in Perth, which is a small or smaller broker, which is now um, Euros Hartleys, uh, so a little bit bigger now than it was when I was there. Uh, then I went across to Sydney with Citigroup, did three years with Citigroup as a, as a mining analyst, and then uh, got, got headhunted by, uh, by UBS and was at UBS for the best part of a decade. Um, UBS actually you know, moved me back to the UK about six, almost five, almost six years ago now, actually. Um, 
which was uh, which was great. I mean, I, you know, I, had, I wanted to work in London, so it got me a lot of exposure in London. Um, but you know, the, the, all these things come to an end, and uh, I, I kind of had um, had enough of, of, of working in the city as a, as a as a broker and pushing people's other stories. I thought it'd be good to go and get some of my own and 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 and, and you know, go back onto the uh, onto onto the the, the the corporate side of mining again. So so here I am, really. Um, there's a little stint at Canaccord in London in between the two, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I left. I joined. I joined Anglesey as CEO on the first of August last year. Um, so it's sort of seven months in, and you know, having a having a ball, and, and you know, lots to do, lots to see, and 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 you know, only the start of the journey, hopefully. Yeah. So I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about the company Angle Anglesey, and then uh, we can go into more about the the project specifics as well. So yeah, I wonder if you can just give us an overview of Anglesey. Yeah, sure. So, look, I mean, Anglesey is 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 might be well known to uh, to, to a lot of your listeners. Well, um, you know, listed in in 1988, so it's, it's it's been on the been on and it listed on the main board premium segment. So it's been around for a long, long time. And and yeah, the primary asset was always uh, Paris Mountain on on the island of Anglesey or Isle of Anglesey, as we say. Um, and so it's it's yeah, there was a there was a first attempt when it listed in 88. The company raised about six and a half million pounds. They had permission to sink a shaft uh, on some on some um, some some of the more modern discoveries. Uh, they sunk the shaft, put in a you know when that goes down to three hundred meters, put in a kilometer of underground development, did some bulk sampling, and built a pilot plant. And they you know for all intents and purposes they they had this thing up and running or as a, as, a, as a sort of a first pass. Um, and then it got a bit waylaid with uh, with the Gulf War. They went to raise some money to to extend the shaft and 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 you know. Basically, flesh out the feasibility study and, and, and fully develop it. And Gulf War hit, zinc price fell forty percent in three months and stayed there for a decade. So it it, it sort of um, it, it it sat around not doing a lot really. Uh, I mean, interestingly, since nineteen ninety seven, you know, there's only been twenty seven drill holes drilled on, uh, on on the Paris Mountain project, and, and we're drilling 10, another ten at the moment. But they're, they're all infill drilling. So there's you know there's an enormous amount of uh, Unfinished business here with respect to exploration um, and, and extensions to the known mineralization. So that's uh, that, that, that's we can we can touch on that later, but that's really exciting, I think. Um, and then the, the, the second attempt at uh, at sort of developing the the Paris project was uh, in in two thousand and eight. A group of Australians came over with a company called Western Metals. Um, yeah, a few of them moved to the island, spent three or four months doing due diligence, and then they they um, put a bid in for the asset. And they offered twenty. I mean, they offered the board twenty nine million Australian dollars to to acquire the project, um, which was which was accepted by the board at the time. So these these Australian guys, who you know, a few of them quite, I know quite well, used to work in the Western Mining. They went back to Australia to raise the finance to to, to complete the transaction, and that was September two thousand and eight. Um, and we all know what happened. Uh, yeah, the rest is history with respect to the markets uh, from that point. So you know, there's 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 been two sort of failed attempts, but but interesting, the project never failed for any technical reasons. It's failed because of you know market timing, um, which is I'm very unfortunate for for, for, for the previous guys. But um, I guess that's that's kind of our opportunity now and, and the current shareholders' opportunity now. So um, when the Australian bid fell over, uh, the, the board sort of pivoted to to iron ore um, because the base metals market was was pretty was looking pretty uh, bleak at that time. And the company had some iron ore assets in Canada, 
so the you know um, the former CEO moved across to Canada, and you know they they span those assets out into a company called Labrador Iron Mine Holdings, which generates development. You know, in that point, the company, you know, the Labrador got got to a market cap of seven eight hundred million dollars. Um, and Anglesey owned forty five percent. And then the iron ore price fell in twenty thirteen and twenty thirteen, and you know that that, that project sort of um, had to close, and you know we we end up getting diluted down. So. Uh, we have, we own twelve. We still own twelve percent of Labrador Iron Mine Holdings. Uh, I'm, I'm not involved in that. I'm, I'm um, yeah. I see myself as, as, as sort of just a shareholder, or Anglesey as just a shareholder. Uh, but they're you know they're quietly working away in the background, trying to get another development going there. So uh, you know we wish them all the best. Um, and then our, our other asset, which which came in um, about seven or eight years ago now, is this Grangersberg Iron Ore project in Sweden, which um, you know I, I think we've got sort of a a tiger by the tail there, uh, Rob. It's a, it's a it's a very very you know sizable asset with a with a, again a bit like Paris Mountain, a long history, uh, and a long history of production. Um, it was closed in 1989 when the iron when the iron ore price hit 27 dollars a ton. So and obviously it's a very different environment now. So yeah, that, that's a that's a brief history. That you know the the I say I started the first of August. Um, we're a fairly lean team, um, you know, on, on, on the executive, you know, the, the board have been very helpful, very, very active in, in sort of helping me to this point. Um, we've introduced a couple of new directors, uh, Namurata Verma, who is, uh, runs a, a, a mining debt consulting business, uh, very successful, uh, and Andrew King, who used to head up uh, the um, Standard Charters uh, mining banking team in Asia and, and, and the UK. So, uh, yeah, the, old, the, old, the guys who were running this before, yeah, they're all still on the board, um, and and yeah, they're 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 adding value, uh, you know, as and when as and when, as and when they can. So uh, look, uh, it's 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 running well at the moment, running well. Yeah, and I was going to say, those people that don't know the UK or Wales that uh, that well, whereabouts is the island off of Wales? Yeah, so basically, I mean, you know, I mean, I live in I live down here in Guildford, and I you know, if I drive up, I I go up the M6, and you know, just before I get to Manchester, I turn left. And, and you basically just drive along the north coast of Wales until you get to the uh, the Snowdonia National Park, and, and basically it's a it's an island opposite um, Snowdonia. It's you know for, for anybody that wants to come up and have a look, I mean yeah they're more than welcome, and you know we'll we'll, we'll take visitors to site whenever we can. Um, but it is a beautiful part of the world. Uh, it's um, it really is a beautiful part, a stunning part of the world. They yeah, do their I, can, I was gonna say I can imagine that is, and I might even have to take a visit out there myself. You should definitely come up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what do, what do you think um, about the the Paris Milton project? Um, and obviously, it hasn't been it hasn't been developed yet. What? Why? Why is that? Obviously, I know you've been mentioned about the history, but um, obviously, what have been the major catalytics as to why it hasn't been developed? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, I touched on you know the two the two sort of previous attempts. Um, well, I think I think times have changed a little bit. I, mean, I think you no, know, you, you, we're 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 price takers in this industry, um, and and you know we're always going to be dependent upon commodity prices. And I think maybe you know, pre, you know the, certainly the, the the attempt in you know, 1991. Uh, I mean, they were very unfortunate not to have got it built. Um, well, I guess maybe maybe they were fortunate not to build it before the iron yeah. before the uh, prices fell. But but even then, I mean, you know, the copper started sort of generating um, quite a bit of interest at that point. And I think initially this was seen as more of a zinc project than a copper project. Whereas now we look at we look at it, and because of the the, the inclusion of what we call the northern copper zone, which is a large, slightly lower grade um, part of the project, um, 
you know, we, we the, the, the PEA we've put together, it, it clearly demonstrates that this is this is primarily, a, you know, by revenue and by EBITDA, it's primarily a copper mine now. So it's about 40% of the revenue, 40, between 40 and 45, depending on, on, on prices, is generated from revenue. And zinc is about sort of 35. And then the rest is sort of, um, you know, silver, lead, silver, um, lead and, and gold. Um, so I, mean, I think there's been a slight difference there. I mean, as a, you know, what do they used to say I mean, when I was when I was in working for brokers? It was you know zinc stinks, right? I mean, it was always very difficult to make money in the zinc space. Um, so I think that's changed, and also you know there's 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 a you know the, the demand for zinc is 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 you know, appreciably stronger than it was. Um, but I think the other thing, Rob, is 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 attitudes towards scale as well. I mean, I think you know I'm, I'm I've been in this industry long enough now to know that I think it's actually harder to permit a new operation than it is to find one. Um, and that's no disrespect to exploration geologists by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that's that's notoriously hard as well. But but I think if you've got a, a, a new large discovery, getting it permitted is 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 you know it can it, it might not be it may not be impossible, but it can take a it can take an exceptionally long time. Um, and I looked at I looked at I mean I've followed this story on and off for for, for many years, um, and I was always sort of interested that you know there was obviously a lot of history up here and there were obviously some permits or planning missions in place and, and now obviously now i've been in you know under the in the ceo role for, for seven months you know, you, you know i know exactly what's there and and these planning missions are are very valuable and i think the scalability side of things is that it's even even without the planning commissions we have um i think these days it's going to be a lot easier to permit or going forward it's going to be a lot easier to permit small projects than it is the large projects that are, that are deemed to be, you know, very, very sort of environmentally destructive. You know, we can leave a very, very small footprint here um, over and above what's, what's what's already been done. And obviously there's a significant footprint here, um, which is part of the heritage of the site. I mean, first mining was here, was, you know, was, was in the Bronze Age four and a half thousand years ago, and then the Romans had to go. And then there was extensive mining in the in the 18th and 19th century. So, and the locals are very proud of that, as are we. I mean, we own a lot of the land freehold. Um, and look, I mean, we, we you know, sound cliche, but we see ourselves as part of that heritage, and and you know whatever we try and do now, and hopefully we you know we we get this thing through to you know development and production, we just see ourselves as sort of the next stage of the archaeology of this site going forward. So um, you know it, it's it's we we take all that very seriously, but but I think that the, you know you've got to make the most of the metal price cycle, and and I think we're coming into a you know, we, we're already in and, and potentially in a in a uh, an extended period of high metal prices, um, you know, whether that's inflation-driven or currency-driven, whatever. I mean, I think from a, from 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 a Paris Mountain perspective, that, that that's beneficial, but also that scalability. I mean, this will never be a big mine, Rob. I mean, it's you know the PEA is for a million tons per annum, which sounds quite big as a as an underground operation. You know, that is, that is relatively sizable, but from a product perspective, you know, we're looking at yeah, between fifteen and twenty thousand tons per annum of copper equivalent, um, and the split there is is about sort of eight thousand tons of copper, seven thousand tons of lead, and eight thousand tons of zinc plus you know six seven hundred thousand ounces of silver a year. Um, and you know we we think we can do that very profitably for you know twelve years is the is the is the mine life under the PEA, and uh, you know there is there is extensive exploration upside along strike and at depth from from the known ore body. So I mean I you know. I, I, I think Paris Mountain is, is is has really got some legs to to, to become a you know a, another you know or a renewed metal mine in the UK and you know as we're seeing in the UK I mean 
just today. I mean, you know, there's a fairly big announcement for you know Cornish West or sorry, Cornish West, Cornish Metals with their um, um, Vision Blue announcement. I mean, you know, I mean, I worked at Crofty, so I mean, I, I, I you know, hand on heart, wish those guys all the best. I mean, it's a, it's a terrific all body and terrific deposit, um, and it's very dear to my heart. Uh, and, and and I think there's there's a there's a real development down there that, that obviously um, Sir Mick Davis and his crew have seen. You know, we've seen Tungsten West, the, the revival of Tungsten West, and Scott Gold in uh, you know Connish and you know up, up north. I mean, you know, none of these are, and, and no no disrespect intended to any of those companies, but none of them are massive. Um, and I think I think in 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 countries like the UK, where you know there's probably a bit more metal in the ground than people think, um, spread in different parts of the country. I mean, I think it's you know you can do smaller. You know, economic and, and very economic developments um, without without leaving a huge footprint. So, yeah, good on good on those guys, and hopefully we can join we we can we can certainly join those in a in a, in a sort of a pathway through to production. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, given how long the project's been around, is there much exploration upside remaining? Yeah, there is, um, and and you know we have a presentation on our website, which goes into a bit of that. I mean, one of the slides on there, so this northern copper zone. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really, really quite extensive. I mean, the, the, you know, the mineralization starts not well for, for white. Well, there's, 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 there's about four different ore bodies there: White Rock, Engine Zone, Lower Engine Zone, and then the Northern Copper Zone. Um, I mean, White Rock mineralization basically goes to surface. You know, we, we won't be mining it from surface. We'll be mining. We start mining about sixty meters below. Um, but that goes down to. I mean, it's a, it's a syncline structure. So, I mean, the, syn- the, the keel of the syncline goes down to about six hundred meters. So the shaft is almost halfway there, um, but along the keel of the of the sinkline, I mean, there has been so little exploration. Rob, I mean, it, it's you know, it's a big area, and, and you know, along you know, from so from you've got from surface down to six hundred meters, and the, the the current northern copper zone resource itself is about it's about ten million tons at one point seven sort of copper equivalent, and that's a that's from a combined from a total site resource of about seventeen million tons. So it's it's a major part of it. Um, that's a kilometre long, down to 550 metres deep, um, not from surface. The, the, the top of that is, is about 300 metres. Um, there's the outside of the wireframe make up, makes up the, the, the block model. 600 metres away, there's a hole that's 15 metres at 2.5% copper. There's another one at you know, 10 metres at 1% copper. They've just, they've just never been followed up. So, um, you know, I think in, in, in better markets, you know, perhaps with more momentum, this you know people would have you know, the company would have had a you know the ability to raise a lot of money and actually just really drill this out. I don't think we, we don't need to do that now. Um, I mean, the way the PEA the PEA is is that we have an initial mine plan of of, of eleven or twelve years. Sorry, uh, Northern Copper Zone kicks in in sort of year six, year seven. So we've got plenty of time to get down there and and, and sort of do some uh, you know extensive exploration. But I, I want to do a bit of infill drilling. Uh, on that northern copper zone before we start mining, but um, look, I mean, I always say that with a draw rig, well, possession is nine tenths the law, and whilst you've got it, you just keep you keep using it. So um, as long as we've got the money, you know, we'll we'll, we'll probably put a few few uh, sort of expiration holes in there as well. Yeah, um, you've obviously been the the CEO for around seven months now. Um, what's been the response from the locals around the Paris Mountains so far? Uh, I, I'm I'm. I'm over the moon with uh, with the response, to be honest with you, and and uh, you know I, I I don't think I'm that surprised either. I mean, yeah, we're very fortunate in that the town of Amluk, which is the, the the town two two miles to the north of the uh, of the mine site, um, on the coast. I mean, that was originally there as a as a port 
that started as a port for the for the um, for the copper mine back in the day. Um, and at one point, I, I, I get the, I'll get the number wrong, Robert. But at one point, it was something like the fourth largest town in Wales um, because I mean the, the, the Paris Mountain Mine was so big. I mean that was at that point it was the largest copper mine in the world. Um, but look, its population now about three thousand people. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of industry on Anglesey that's, that's closed in the last decade. I mean, go back sort of 12 years and, you know, the Rio Tinto aluminium smelt shut down. Um, yeah, the Wilver nuclear power station, which is uh, five miles to the to the west. I mean, that's on, that's decommissioning. There was a, a you know, a bromide at the Octel plant, which was extracting bromine from seawater, which is all in, in, in the town of Amlock as well. That's closed. And so they all, you know, it's been, it's very sad. I mean, they've just seen, Industry after industry just close, uh, and, and there's been very little to replace it. So, um, unfortunately for me and for, for, for Anglesey shareholders, is that you know, most people in that village, when they walk out of their house, the first thing they see when they look to the right is 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 a big head frame on a on a on, on the on the mountain, which sort of overlooks the town. So they're all very familiar with it. You know, you, you drive into the town, and the towns the town. I forget the word exact wording, but it's Amlock, the town made from copper, or, or, or you know, it's 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 really part of the heritage of the town and, and people are genuinely supportive. You know, we've spoken to the town council, we've spoken to the county council, we're speaking to, you know, we've spoken to, you know, the MP, the Conservative MP, um, Virginia Crosby and like, seriously, everybody is, is, is very supportive. And, and, but then again, you know, they're, they're also very aware, very pragmatic that you know, there has been a couple of false starts here. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious that, you know, we, we, we have to manage people's expectations. You know, it's, we don't. We, I mean, I'm, I'm not. It's not. It's not like I come in as CEO and within twelve months we've got a mine up and running. You know, there's there's still a lot of work to do. We have to, you know, finish the drilling. We have to do some confirmatory met test work. We've got to do geotech models. We've got to get. We've probably got to get a, you know, an environmental impact assessment done. You know, we've got to get the, the tailings permit. So I mean, there's still work to do. So I mean, I'm, I'm I'm very conscious that my job is to is to manage that expectation with. You know, with shareholders, but also with with with, with local stakeholders as well. So um, yeah, so there's no no need for for for, for people to send uh, you know CVs to me just yet, but uh, but hopefully we'll get to that point. Yeah, I was just going to say, what once the mine is up in operation, obviously you'll be generating workers from from the local area. What else? What other knock on effects would would affect the the town or or, or that area because of that mine being in operation? Well, so a full a full a full rate, full mining rate. You know, we would we would be expecting to employ about 120 direct full time direct employees at the site, um, and the multiplier factor around the community would be about another full time indirect about 500 jobs. Um, so within within the region, it's it's quite extensive, um, and obviously, you know, we we've had discussions with the with the town council, and we've. You know, employ local is 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 the mantra that we that, you know they they expect from us and, and we expect from ourselves. Um, now, obviously, there's not going to be there's not going to be all the skills available, but we will we will we'll, we'll deal with deal with that how we can. And you know, we'll talk to College Menai, which is you know one of the local um, colleges, and 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 hopefully we can we can start getting courses and and get people trained up to be to be part of this community. I mean, it's a it's currently a you know mine mine plan is a twelve year mine plan. I think it's going to be there a bit longer. So you know it's worth it's worth putting that investment into the community to uh, to, to 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 skill up the workforce. Um, many investors probably think it's difficult to permit a new mining operation, um, especially here in the UK nowadays. 
Um, what's your response to that? And obviously, you've mentioned about some of the success stories that we've that you've mentioned, Scott's Gold, um, and uh, a few, obviously, a few others. But how how difficult is it to permit mines then in the UK? Well, I, I think. Rob, you know, if you're starting from scratch, I think permitting a mine anywhere is is mm-hmm. is very hard. There are so many different aspects to a to a mine plan. You know, from from you know from the feasible you know, from the feasibility stage. You know, when you look at the the, the chapters within a feasibility, um, you would think the biggest chapter would be about sort of geology or mining or metallurgy, but it's not. It's, it's about the environmental. It's about the social uh, and, and and you know rehabilitation, all those sort of aspects. So it's it is look it's very very difficult um, and you know there's been well look I mean it depends where you are in the world but I mean you know, the, the governments have, have tried to um, look at different ways of, of, of streamlining processes and, and what have you but from our perspective where where we benefit is that we we are working in what's classified as a dormant mine site so under the under the UK mining code we're a dormant mine site we're not a it's not a fresh it's not a new development. Um, you know, in, in, in 1989, 1990, when they were sinking the shaft and doing the underground development, you know, clearly this was this was an operating site. So that that gives us a little bit of a bit of a head head start. Um, well, not a little bit, I mean a lot of a head start, if I'm honest. Um, so we have to put in, and we, we've already submitted a, a pre-application through to the mine planning, North Wales Mine Planning Department, um, which is basically our, it's, it's a request from us to them to say, okay. We want to restart this. What do you need from us? What what permits do you need? What what you know? Do we need an environmental impact assessment, full on, or you know, can we use the information from from previous? So we're actually waiting for the response from that now, and and you know, um, it, it, we should get the response from that fairly fairly soon. But you know, we, but we're we're just working on the assumption that you know we will need a complete EIS. So you know, we we we've started um, some of the seasonal studies already. And and really, you know, you've you've just got to do everything. You've got to, you have a series of tasks, and you've just got to go through and knock them all off. And you know, there's no point trying to fast track anything because you know I've seen and I've been involved with companies that have tried to fast track things, and it usually ends up as a disaster. Someone cuts a corner or something. Yeah, you know, so we, we we want to apply world's best practice to you know what we're doing at Anglesey and 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 certainly within the Paris Mountain Development. Um, I mean, it's hard to put a time frame on it, but and and I'm not going to say permitting is 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 going to be an easy process, but the fact that there's a lot of disturbance here already, um, there's a lot of aspects from the previous mining that you know we have we have zero environmental liability on any of the old workings um, that lies with um, Natural Resources Wales and, and and the Welsh the Welsh government. Um, but there are some things that we can do that we'll be doing that will that will help what they're trying to do in terms of fixing up some of the old the old issues. So, you know, we we can we can we can have quite a symbiotic relationship with with um, with those agencies. So, I mean, I, I think we've got a lot to offer both from a employment perspective and from a you know making sure this site is 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 I don't want to say made good because it makes it sound like it's bad, but you know what I mean in terms of just just putting it into a into a position whereby you know when mining finishes here, there's there's no horrific natural disaster that's going to happen or or, 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 or could go forward. Um, the company obviously has interest in iron ore assets, like you mentioned in Sweden. Um, how do you sort of envisage these assets assets fitting in with the the base metals project? Yeah, sure. Um, but the the 
the Labrador asset is, as I say, I mean, we we, it's, we, we own 12% of the company. So it's a, it's a, it's a fairly passive, well, it's a very passive uh, equity investment. So, I mean, I look at that and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I see myself as, a, as, as, as CEO of a company that has a 12% stake in another company. Um, you know, if, 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 if we can be supportive to them in any way, shape or form, yeah, then, then obviously we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's a, you know, that's a business being run, run out of Canada and, and, uh, you know, and we, we wish them all the best. <laughs> um, in terms of Grangersburg, well, look, I mean, we don't know yet, if I'm honest. I mean, there's, there's a, um, so I think we've got a target by the tail there. The feasibility study or the pre-feasibility study that's completed in 2012 generates some some very big numbers. Um, but you know, I'm I'm, con- I'm cognizant that we've got a market cap of 10 million pounds, Rob. So, you know, we're not going to, you know, we can't go out there and uh, you know start developing two and a half million ton per annum um, iron ore mines in Sweden off off the bat. So there's a lot of work to do um, in terms of you know how we structure it, where it gets structured. Um, and look, I mean, you know, we 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 we've got a few ideas um, and, you know, previous management obviously took the assets in, in Canada and, and you know, in, in Labrador and, or and spun them out into Labrador iron mine holdings. You know, could we do something similar with Grangersburg? Well, we could, uh, or we could, we could keep it in and, you know, raise money and, and, and do the, do the next round of work ourselves or, you know, we could get partners in, you know, I, I think, I think the most important aspect though is that, you know, we own, we own 19.9% of Grangersburg. Uh, we have a right of first refusal to go to seventy percent, um, which you know we are we're currently updating the two thousand and twelve uh, pre feasibility study to, to to give us a sense as to where those numbers have moved to you know, in the last decade. Um, I anticipate I anticipate those numbers will give us a better view as to you know how we how we regard the right of first refusal and and, and whether or when we exercise that uh, that that right. Um, and from that point. It becomes. I mean, if we. I mean, let's say. Let's say we exercise and we end up with seventy percent. It's then trying to get the market to understand what the valuation of 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 Grangersburg is and how it how it relates to you know our value our valuation in the market today. And and there's you know the best way of doing that is obviously to look at other comps. Yeah, you know, there's other companies out there that have that, that have assets in Scandinavia or iron ore assets in other parts of Europe that you can. You can sort of do comps on, and, and you've got to just try and get the market to uh, to recognise the value of, of the assets that you've got, and you know whether that's by you know aggressive promotion, whether that's by bringing a partner into you know to, to to fund the next round of developments, or whether it's about you know selling the offtake, or, or you know there's, there's you know, these are just all all things that you know anybody would anybody would sort of suggest as potential opportunities. Um, I mean, all of those things are available at the moment, and that's that's what's so exciting about it is that you know we've got we've got and uh, it, it sounds me to say this, but you know, I was up there. I was on site um, the, the the day that the Russians invaded Ukraine, and you know, we sat down at breakfast that morning, and and you know, it's it, it's it's a, a, a tragic state of events that's that, that's going on there. Um, and I hate to sort of talk about sort of economic benefits from that, but you know, there's 22 million tons of iron ore that was. Being exported from Russia into into the European steel markets, and my view is that is that that's gone for a generation now. So you know the, the European market and 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 the UK. I mean, we, even though we're not in it anymore, we you know we're still part of Europe. Um, we've we've got to we've got to look to be more self sufficient. We've got to look to shorten supply chains, 
And, you know, Grangersburg has suddenly become a very, very strategic asset in that story. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, what, what attracted you to that particular project? Um, and obviously, why iron ore in Sweden? Well, in all honesty, Rob, I mean, for me, it's about quality. Um, you know, having spent so much time in Australia and, 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 and sort of working in broking and banking, you know, and, and looking at all these assets in Australia, it's quite clear that the, you know, the high quality product is, is, is the end of the market you want to be at. And, and you know, the Swedish um, concentrate and pellet feeds, you know, like Karuna, LKB's Karuna and, 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 and Grangersburg, I mean, they produce a sort of a plus 68% feedstock. Now, if you're putting higher grade feedstocks into your furnaces, it reduces the carbon footprint of that steel that's being produced. So, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an environmental angle as well. Um, why Sweden? Well, I think Sweden's an amazing place to work. I mean, full respect to, and full credit to, to the mines department of the government over there over the last sort of 20, 30 years. They've done an amazing job. Um, and, you know, what the Swedish government are doing with respect to um, low carbon or carbon neutral steel production is, is really, really quite something. There's, I mean, there's, you probably where there's a company called Hybrid, which is a, a joint venture between the, the Swedish government, um, SSAB, the steel firm, and, and also LKAB, the iron ore uh, company. And they're, they're using green nitrogen, not green nitrogen, green hydrogen, sorry, to, um, to, to, to generate uh, power for the, for the steel plants. I think, I think the first... The first module is doing sort of 25,000 tons per annum. Maybe it's 50 now, but um, yeah, they're, they're, they're leading the world in this in this sort of green steel. And you know, I think Sweden is, is given that you know, the, the, the abundance of iron ore there, it, it is every likelihood that that's going to be the you know the, the, the source of European steel for you know for the next generation. So very happy to be very happy to be doing business in Sweden. I mean, it's you know, a great environment to do business. Very high quality assets and 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 great people as well. Um, and as a conclusion, um, what news flow should investors be looking out for um, over the course of this year? Yeah, uh, good question, Rob. And obviously, very important from an investor perspective. Um, well, look, I mean, we've got uh, Paris Mountain corporately. You know, we 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 recently announced we were we were doing the step down from the main board to AIM. So. We had the EGM a couple of weeks ago, and we our, our, our aim admission date is the eighth of April. So everyone keep an eye out for that. That will uh, hopefully bring a few more few more people into the stock. Um, in terms of uh, Paris Mountain, you know we we're currently drilling. Um, in fact, we just we just we just started the tenth and last hole of this program, um, and we're in the process of cutting that core now. And 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 our geologist is uh, has, has been logging. So hopefully, yeah, we, it won't be too long before we get some assays. I think the, the turnaround of, of the labs we're using are a little bit shorter than they are in Australia at the moment. Um, it's, it's sort of conventional 20, 25, 28 days. So, um, look, hopefully we'll, we'll start having some results out. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm always conscious of the same time frames, but hopefully by the end of April we'll, we'll start having some results. Um, look, it is infill drilling, so, you know, it shouldn't be any surprises, but it's always nice to get some results out. Um we will also hopefully be have the have the the com, first commentary back from the uh, North Wales Mine Planning Authority with respect to you know what the requirements are from a permitting perspective. Um, we as I said we've started the environmental work, so I mean you know there'll be there'll be sort of constant updates on that, um, and hopefully in the not too distant future we'll be sort of starting to communicate our plans for doing the infill drilling of the northern copper zone and, and, and bringing that forward into uh, into the next into the next phase of study. So 
I mean, Paris Mountain is 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 it's full on. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of news flow out of Paris Mountain, um, and with with Grangersburg, well, we were we were and originally we were hoping to get the pre feasibility update done before the end of March. Um, we we did have some delays, and we we said this in a, in an update recently. We did have some delays getting to site because of COVID, um, so that pushed that back a little bit. But you know, it, it's 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 a matter of weeks away. Um, and hopefully that will that will generate some you know some renewed interest in in uh, in, in, in the Swedish iron ore project. So, but we've 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 got quite a bit on this year, and um, hopefully hopefully we'll have some you know, more people to help help me do it over the over the next few months as well. <laughs> yeah, certainly, Joe. Really appreciate your time. Give us an update on uh, Anglesey, and and obviously making everyone aware that there is mining here in the UK um, and even in Wales. So, um, and obviously it's a historic mine, as you said, um, and you're bringing it back to life. So obviously wish you, wish you all the well, uh, for the remaining of this year and ongoing, um, and maybe come on to the, um, podcast again later this year or beginning part of next love year, to. if you've got some, uh, further updates. Would love to. Well, yeah. re- really appreciate the time and, and thanks to all the listeners. Yeah. And if our listeners want to uh, reach out to you, if they want some more information, if they've got some questions. Um, how can they go about doing that? Are you across any social media platforms? Yeah, so we 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 we're, we're trying to get a bit more active on uh, on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Um, you know, the website's been updated. Um, you know, at the, at the start of the year, presentations on the website, and 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 you know, anybody wants to give me a call, my 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 mobile phone number is on the back of the presentation. So um, I'm more than happy to speak to anybody, whether they be shareholders or people who who are considering being shareholders. Rob, so uh, I'll speak to anybody. Yeah, the news out there. Yeah, yeah great. Spread, spread the word. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you've been listed. Uh, is it on the aim on the eighth of April? Eighth of April is the admission date. Yeah, admission date. Okay. Yeah. So this 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 will be out uh, around about then. So um, yeah, uh, those that are listening, ha- have a look at have a look at all the information. Look at the website. Um, follow them on Twitter. Um, and if you've got any questions, obviously you can reach out to Joe as well. So. Um, hope you enjoyed listening. Um, and like I said, there is mining here in the UK. And obviously, Joe has just uh, given us an update on Anglesey um, and obviously historic mine, as I mentioned. So um, appreciate if you can uh, share this episode amongst friends, family, pass it to uh, others uh, around the world, wherever you're listening from. Um, and we wish uh, Joe um, and Anglesey all the best for, for, their, um, for their upcoming aim listening and obviously moving forward with the with the project so until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry